Leads, leads, leads. What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called now, and an activity called work. Working Hours wants to record 1,000 lawyers over the course of this, the most important decade in the history of the human species, and ask them about what they do all day and hear how they feel about it. My mission is to try to map out what my city, Leeds, a city that has declared a climate emergency, is doing during humanity's biggest emergency. On working hours, we hear how loiners have, are and will be coping with our multiple crises. The global pandemic, Brexit and of course the ongoing and accelerating collapsing of capitalism, the state and the climate through this decade. To do this I need people, people like you dear listener. Most of all I need people who are in Leeds or who are from Leeds to come on this show and be my guests. So please join me and help me with this mission whenever and however you can. Critically I will need people like you dear listener as financial backers. Please consider supporting or donating to this project. You can do so with a £1 monthly donation via either Patreon or Ko-fi, or you could donate any one-off amount to Working Hours via either Ko-fi or through the LibrePay button on the About page of Western Studios' website. Thank you. My name is Simon, and this is all my fault. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, so for me, it's a bit of a weird one because when I was like in my um, like the beginning of high school, I really wanted to be an engineer. Like when I'm thinking about it now, I don't really have a reason why I wanted to be an engineer. I just really wanted to be one. Yeah. Um, but that like frazzled out um, by the time I was like in year nine, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then since then, I've had the goal to be a political journalist. Mm-hmm. And when you think about a 14 year old being what wanted to be a political journalist, it sounds a bit weird. Like, why do you want to be that out of all <laughs> Um, but yeah, since since I came to that like choice, I guess, I've been on track. So mm. I think like that's the only like goal I've had and I'm close to achieving that goal now. So you're listening to series three, episode forty-one, and to my guest Madiha Hussein. This is another Zoom interview recorded on the seventeenth of November, twenty twenty-two. Hello, loves. So you've heard plenty of jaded cynicism from me through this show so far. So for a change, let's hear from someone fresher to working. It's also another name check for Open Source Arts, who now have the highest number of guests from any organisation on the show. Actually, I don't know if that's true now that I say it because. Myra is in sale and loads of people are involved in Leeds climate stuff anyways. Madiha Hussein is a third year journalism student at the University of Leeds. Alongside her studies, she is currently completing the marketing and communications part-time internship with Open Source Arts. Madiha hosts a weekly radio show every Saturday on Fever 107.3 FM. Additionally, she freelances as a henna artist on select occasions. Madiha is also working on a documentary feature as part of her dissertation project. It is a short piece that explores the relationship between marriage and freedom in British minority communities. You can find out more about Fever FM at RadioAsianFever.com or follow them on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash fever underscore FM. Anyway, this is a nice brisk episode. So let's crack on with this episode of Working Hours with Madiha Hussein. So what is it that you're doing now? So in terms of actual paid work that I'm doing, I'm currently doing an internship 
It's a marketing and communications internship at mm-hmm. Open Source Arts in Leeds. So mm-hmm. they like a little, um, they do a little bit of everything. So they do like circus stuff, mm-hmm. art stuff, mm-hmm. just a bit of like that kind of sort of stuff. Yeah, so I'm currently doing like social media and some marketing bits for them. In terms of unpaid work, I'm currently volunteering as a radio DJ um, at Fever FM every Saturday. Mm-hmm. So first I was um, there on a placement actually, like for my uni module. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to stay on. So whilst I was on placement, I was doing two shows a week with mm-hmm. like a colleague as well. And then when she left, I took over her show. Mm-hmm. Then I eventually got my own show. So that's how that's been going on. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I'm just at university. Being a uni student, but beyond that, I'm not really doing an awful lot, I guess. Well, I mean, that sounds like a fair bit already, to be <laughs> fair. <laughs> I mean, you're also doing, like you mentioned in your email to me, that you're also doing sort of henna art on the side as well. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's not like a, like, something that I do often it's more of like a when and when I can because mm. it does like take a lot of work there was one time that I did a bride and it took me um a good nine hours God. and then I'm doing like m- my sister's hanging up on the wedding and it took me two days to finish because I kept getting really tired in the middle and it's just it's nice to do I guess but I don't do it often it's more of like a cyclist yeah. kind of thing on need like twice a year if there's like a family occasion i'll do it then then so i really wanted to like take it as like a proper little side business but it's a lot of work i guess and it's like a toll on like your body so that's just like why i kind of stopped doing it as much but i'm slowly trying to get back into it so i suppose we'll start with the degree then because i'm guessing because you said you're interning so i'm guessing the internship comes as part of the degree, like you're doing that internship as part of your degree, is that right? Um, no, actually. So this is just, it's through it's through my university, but it's not like as part of my degree. Okay. But for my degree, I had to go to the radio station, mm-hmm. which is why I'm doing, like why I've got that whole volunteering gig going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, so I'm doing journalism at uni. That's why I had to do like a media sort of company. That's why. I just picked an easy option. I went with a radio station that I that I listened to already. And mm. yeah, that's why that's going on. But the internship was just um, just to have something to do. Because mm. by being in third year, I don't really have an awful lot at uni going on. Mm. Like I'm in, I think this week, I'm in once a week. Mm-hmm. So it's very like mellow and chilled out. But I'm, my second semester is obviously a bit more jam-packed. Uh, I just need anything to do. So it's only like a 10 week internship, mm. one week. So it just gives me a little bit, a little bit to do. Mm. So, how are you finding the sort of expectation versus reality? Like, is is working on, on the radio show, is that sort of how you expected it to be? Like, what are, what are the kind of differences that you're noticing? And like, is work or the work that you were expecting, is it how you expected it to be? So in terms of the radio station, to be honest, I've never seen myself doing unpaid work because mm. um, it's just not for me, I guess. Mm. But um, my placement, it was unpaid. And because of that, I really, really did not want to be doing any more unpaid work, especially mm. for that company. Um, but I ended up liking radio presenting more than I thought I would. 
Mm. And if anything, because I'm not like earning anything, I guess, I am like getting experience. Mm. And because of the nature of my radio show, it's more of like, it's kind of like how we're talking right now. It's really chill and you can just do whatever you want. So I just use it as like a, like a downtime kind of thing. Mm. It works out for me because it's only like a five minute drive from my house. So mm. I'm, I'm not really having to make a lot of effort to like go out and do it. It's just like mm. pop in and then pop right out. So, so um, yeah, so tell us a bit about the show. So the, the show's all on your name. Are you interviewing people or are you just speaking? Like, how are you? How's, what's the so, form? It doesn't really have a format like right now. So I've, I've been doing my solo show um, since the end of August slash beginning of, beginning of September. Mm-hmm. Um, so each show is two hours long. And when I was doing it with my colleague, we were obviously having a bit more of like a back and forth type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just been me and I'm trying to like, you know, na- navigate how I want the show to be because it's just a bit, mm-hmm. a bit like weird. Because if I settle on something now, I kind of feel like I have to like continue with that for the entire time that I'm doing it. And I don't really mm-hmm. want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I like change it up a little bit. But it's just like chatting about like my week, what I've been up to. Mm-hmm. And then talking a little bit about current affairs, like UK politics, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, it's it's more of like a conversation, I guess, like mm-hmm. you'd have with a friend. But it's just really chill and just interacting with like the viewers listeners actually just speaking with them mm. and playing music that's it i mean would you want to sort of stay in the radio route with your journalism or like where where do you see because i i imagine still in your mind your route is journalism you want to still go into that and that's you know this is all part of that course um would you be like just any sort of journalism i just want to be working in journalism i mean obviously you said political but um does it have to be for a national paper? Like what's in your mind? Like who's the sort of, what's the image of yourself in the future? You know, like what kind of journalism and for what, you know, what formats and so on, I suppose. So it's funny that you asked me that because I'm currently going through like an internal turmoil about what I should be going into. Mm. Because I do enjoy like radio and I enjoy journalism, mm. but for my internship, I found that I really enjoy like working in marketing and social media and stuff like that. So I've currently got like those two options like weighing in mm. my head, I guess. And like the deadline for um, applying for a master's is approaching and I'm just like, just picking, try, trying to see like what is best for me. Mm. So, so far I'm leaning towards going for a marketing master's. Mm. And um, despite going for like a marketing master's, I want to get a job in journalism first. Mm if that makes sense. And then once I've done a couple of years doing journalism, mm. then moving on to marketing, because that's just what happens in the industry. Like a lot of people who are working as journalists tend to move on with their career and go into marketing. Mm. So I think that's like the career path, I guess. And in terms of radio, um, truthfully, radio is better for me. Like I'm not like an on-camera type of person. I get the giggles really easily, so I can't like be on camera myself. Like I've tried, like it's, it's not like I'm not tried. I have tried, but it just is not for me. I'm more of like a behind the scenes person when it comes to like mm. working on TV. But radio is something I, I really, really enjoy. And I didn't think that I would because I mm. have an uncontrollable fear of speaking because I, 
because I have a stomach. And so it is like a bit of a daunting thing for me, I guess. Mm. But like through uni and like through the radio show, I'm just like building my confidence a little bit, a little bit. Mm. Mm. And slowly getting there. So if I do go into like journalism, mm. I'm either planning to go through the radio route or through like um like written articles, whether it's like a print newspaper or like an online magazine, something like that. Let's crack on with questions, see what comes up, and then like yeah. maybe we can kind of go back into to anything that we need to explore a little bit further. So I'll start off, uh, we'll start off with social media because yeah. I think this, you know, it ties in nicely to what you're doing for the internship and what you just said. So what I want to look at here, um, and it'd be interesting from your perspective, because obviously you're going into work, yeah. like social media has always kind of existed for you, yeah. I would guess. Yeah. Um, so my question normally is like, as more and more of us have to spend more time on social media, do you find that the work that you do online for social media work and so on, is that, does that give you a good return on investment for the time? Again, this might be a little difficult for you to answer, but what I want to look at is, is it, is it immediately obvious to you that when you're doing social media work, that that is giving benefit, you know, like this work, I do it. It's seen by X many number of people. It gets X many results. Like I can see this happening. Like, do you get that sense? I, I'm guessing that the answer is yes. Yeah. So I think it depends on like what you're trying to achieve with social media because mm. it's very different things. So I think my first experience with like um, a successful transaction, I guess you could say, through social media is I went to say like maybe three or four years ago, I was super into like Korean music and collecting albums and stuff like that. Mm. And I started like trading and like selling the albums and the cards and stuff. Mm. And then through that, I became a group order manager. So um, me and a couple of people that I know we would like order together and it would just like help us save on like shipping and customs fees, I guess. <laughs> um, and then like through that, I created like a little, like a little market, I guess, getting things from Japan because I was like the first person like to create orders from Japan, like to here, I guess, mm. like the collecting community. Um, but that like really say in for me, like you can actually do things with social media mm. and with like my henna business, I guess. At first, I like tried to like post on social media, mm. but I gave up really, really quickly with that mm. because I realized that like I don't want to like put too much work into my henna business. So I just turned it into like an online archive mm. and I just post like pictures of my work just to like keep track of like what I'm doing and stuff. Mm. I think I ended up doing like, I think maybe 400 like people's orders. So it was like quite a lot for like someone mm. who's like, 1718. Mm. Um, it was just like interesting and it just gave me like that sense of you can really like do something. Mm. And since then I have been interested, but I didn't have like mu much opportunities to like explore it before I started my placement. Mm. So at my placement through uni at the radio station, what I was actually doing was mostly like social media posts and like YouTube and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, with like that, it didn't really work out as well because mm. um, the managing director, he didn't really have like much of a direction, I guess. Mm. And it was very like 
stuck in 2010, like that kind of vibe. And although they wanted to like move forward, um, they were very much like stuck in the past, mm. trying to stick to like the old practices. Mm. And that is like difficult to translate into social media. Mm. So that didn't really work out as well at all. Mm. But working at my current, um, my internship, it's been going really, really well. Mm. So I've put them onto TikTok and we're like slowly like getting on there. But yeah, so we've just posted, I think, five videos since yesterday. Mm-hmm. But it's slowly getting there. And I've been like um, creating like guidelines and stuff to like clean up their social media page. And it has worked very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. So I um, created a post to them about their membership scheme. Mm-hmm. And the post that they had before that was also about their membership scheme. Mm-hmm. The old post, I think it got 13 likes. Mm. And no one like actually inquired about anything. Mm-hmm. But when I like recreated the post, um, it ended up getting 90 something likes. Mm. And we had around 10 inquiries and a couple mm. actually booked with the business. Mm. So it has worked and it has kind of like, like it is actually working. So, mm. so I know that I'm doing something right. Yeah. But since seeing that, I guess it is like just motivating me, I guess, to like, continue with what I'm doing and hopefully once my internship ends I am going to like try and extend it if I can mm-hmm. um, if not I'm going to move on to a different marketing internship mm-hmm. just to really like check in with myself if that's like the route I actually want to go down through or mm-hmm. if it's just that I enjoy like doing it for this particular business yeah. or like what's going on because I feel like just 10 weeks isn't enough for me to like know about it since yeah, I'm yeah, only yeah. once a week. So yeah. it's just like, in let me, lucky that just look because they're established already. Or is yeah. it just my work? Like, what's going on? Like, it's just for me to figure out. Yeah. So I do think it is, it's definitely good. Yeah. Again, difficult question to answer. But I mean, I suppose, I mean, if you think of all the hours that you put in into mm. your, your social media practice before working, you know, do you need, do you need that like loads and loads of hours to actually know what you're doing? Um, you think? I think it definitely helps. Yeah. But I also think that it's something that if you like learn on the job, if you have someone to teach you, you can learn it really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. But for like myself, it was just learning it on my own and learning mm-hmm. how to do things on my own because I didn't really have like guidance because it's just mm-hmm. my little um, silly 17-year-old project kind of thing. Mm. But obviously, once you're in like a working environment, you will like have colleagues who have probably done a bit of this and done, done a bit of that. So when you have like training, I guess, mm. it's a lot easier to pick it up. Mm. But I guess you do have to be like um, computer and like social media literate enough to begin mm. with. Because mm. if you're starting from scratch, I think it's very like difficult to like grasp things. Mm. And yeah, because a lot of um, of the colleagues that I work with, some of them are older and they don't really like know how to like take pictures properly or take mm. videos properly that um, that that you can use on social media is very much like just bang where you can out and mm. like leave it at that. Like it's not like it's not like fully like thought out strategy and mm. that's what I'm like currently trying to get them to like work on. I bring it up at every meeting like. Mm. Can you please do this properly? Can you please do that properly? But it's just like I don't know if it's like they don't have time to do it or something like that. But 
it is mm. very much something that you need to have a little bit of beforehand. Mm. But I guess if you do like try hard enough and put enough time into it, you can pick it up quick. Mm. I guess you're in a hard position because you're in that, you know, sort of coming into a workplace where you're given sort of certain levels of responsibility, but also you're restricted in your, not not the responsibilities, but like in your ability to enforce sort of your your opinion and stuff. So it's kind of like, can we do this? And everyone's like, yeah, 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 but then nobody does it. And you have no way of making people do it apart from just yeah. nattering. Like, how's, how's that experience? I mean, obviously that will get better as you get more experience behind you. But like, to begin with, there is always that as you go into the workforce, other people are just kind of, ah, you don't know. You, you know, you've only been here for five minutes. Yeah. I mean, are you finding a lot of that or is it just kind of here and there? So, so I'm getting a lot of that because. Mm. Because I'm only in like once a week. There's only so much that mm. I can do myself. Like, mm. like if I was there five days a week, then it's a lot easier for me to like, like choose like who does what. But the thing is with the company that I'm at, it's like when it comes to social media, it's like you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And, and everyone's logged in on their phones and laptops. So if they have something to post, they just post mm. it. Mm. And we created like a little like me and um, the other person who's doing an internship we created like a little like a guideline for social media and we said first you need to post a picture and then you can post another picture and then post a graphic and that just got thrown out the window and they posted three graphics at the same time mm. and we do bring it up whenever we're there but there's only like so much we can do it is like difficult I guess it feels like you know like because because me and the other intern are younger mm. we're 2021 20, and everyone else is at least like above 25 and 25 is not old by any means but it's still a lot they have a lot more experience I guess yeah and it's just hard to like say like oh hi we we know what we're doing you don't know what you're doing so listen to us it yeah. just doesn't make a lot of sense for them I guess yeah they are trying they're definitely trying but it's just yeah, it's just a bit of a weird experience. But it's it's new practices. It's yeah. new ways of working that people have to adopt. And that takes yeah. time to kind of... Uh, but it's like any new behaviours, isn't it? It takes yeah. time to sort of develop them. And then yeah. if you're only going in sort of once a week, it's going to take a long time for you yeah, to definitely. kind of have that effect. I mean, you, you're obviously not finding it massively frustrating. Like, yeah, it's like... Um... You kind of expect it to some degree then. Yeah, because I understand that it's going to take a lot of time to like, like slowly transition into like doing things the proper way. Because mm. once you've like got into the routine of just doing whatever you want, it's a bit more difficult to like get into a, a new routine. Like I can definitely understand that. Mm -hmm. But I think the company that I'm with, they're really like good with like taking on new ideas. And, mm. and I can definitely say that, that they are trying. Mm. It's just like, it's going to take a few tries for it to get like fully there, mm. but it is slowly working out. Like I've asked them, can you please take portrait and landscape pictures? And today they've got an event and they've sent both today, which is great. So <laughs> I definitely know that they're like, they're slowly getting there. It just takes a little bit of like prodding, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, do you have to do uh, any of the social media or marketing for your radio show? I guess you do some. Um, so when I was in my placement, I did do it for them, but, 
Um, now that I'm doing um, things as a radio host, I don't do anything with like the social media because I'm just there for my radio show. Mm-hmm. And like the social media and that sort of stuff, that's like all like within the office. Mm-hmm. And it's separate, it's completely separate to like the DJ booth, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, all I do is I come in for the radio show like two minutes before it starts and then leave as soon as I pop the news break on and mm-hmm. just leave. And then the other person comes in. Now that I'm a radio DJ, all I'm doing is DJing. I'm not doing any of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I was like do, doing my placement there, I was doing both. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, so, so I'm not doing any of that now. And they've mm-hmm. kind of like um, just reverted back to the old way that, they, that they've been doing things, just posting mm-hmm. whatever they wanted. And so it's difficult, I guess, because once you create the routine for them and you leave, there's no like, you, you, you don't really have any like control over whether they're going to actually do it. But that's not up to you then, gone. is it? It's yeah. gone. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's none of my business. If, <laughs> like, if you don't want to do it, I've like left like the tools for you to do it, but you don't want to do it. It's it's up to you at that point, isn't it? But yeah, they're very like like stuck to like how they did things before. And whenever like I suggested something new, they didn't really like be on board with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things because some places are just like that. They just want to like to what they're doing yeah 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 um i i would say most places are like that yeah. even the even the ones that say oh we're all innovative and we do this that, yeah. that. so often you go in and you'll find that that it's like oh well are you ready to do all these things and they're like mm, we'll do that one <laughs> we'll leave the others yeah <laughs> like i thought you wanted jane but yeah um okay so we'll do covid i think this will be quite a short one for you um so were you were you working at that point? Like no, not all. Your, the only thing that I was doing was henna, which I was doing a bit more f- frequently before COVID, like Eid and stuff, mm-hmm. and like wedding parties. Mm-hmm. But I stopped during COVID because obviously I, I didn't want to be around people because I've got people in my family who have like um, celiac disease and stuff like that. So obviously, um, it's dangerous for me to like be interacting with people outside of my household. So I completely stopped du- during COVID and I think I only started again last year in December. But my first client was in January of this year mm-hmm. since like, the whole like COVID thing started. Mm-hmm. So it's been like, to be honest, I don't like mind like not doing henna at all because, you know, it's just one of those practices because it's very like in the community and They'll go to a complete stranger's house and then they'll ask you, oh, where are you from in Pakistan? Can you give me a discount because you're from the same village? So it's, it's <laughs> very much like that. And like, you know, I was happy to like be away from it, I guess. Yeah. But, um, like I've not gone to any like parties or anything like that since I started again. So I'm thankful for like COVID for giving me that kind of break, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, beyond that, I've not like worked. But... Mm. Um, what about the shipping, the your importing, exporting? Was that just had that finished already? Had you given up with that, or was that so? Um, during COVID, um, I, I think I did it for about a year, mm-hmm. I think, but it was just pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it had actually increased mm-hmm. because, um, like the artists that I was following, they stopped doing like in person events. 
And instead, what they did was they released millions and millions of things. So there was like a lot to like purchase because they were obviously like making up for their lack of like concert revenue, small revenue and stuff like that. And that like meant there was a lot more things for like people to buy. Yeah. Um. They they had this thing. So when when they released an album, they had like fun um fun signings. Mm-hmm. And what they ended up doing is they did fan calls. So like like a FaceTime call instead. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with FaceTime calls, they don't really need to put a lot of work into it. They can do it from mm-hmm. like just where, where they're at. Yeah. And because of that, they they decided instead of do, doing five fan signs, why do we do fifty fan calls? Mm. So it's it was increased and it just got like a lot. There was like a lot going on. And then because of that, I stopped collecting mm. and, and I stopped like doing like the whole thing because it just wasn't interesting for me. Like mm. like I was spending so much money. It was unbelievable. Mm. And when I think about it, it just wasn't making sense to me to like blow my money like that. Because when COVID started, it's the year I first went to uni. So my mm. first year of uni basically. And when I got my student finance, it just went straight away. Cause I was like, let me buy this and this and this, this, this. And it was just, it, it wasn't feasible at all. Yes. So I completely stopped after about a year. Mm. And I've just like got like a bunch of things. And I packed everything away into like four boxes and mm. they're just lying around the house. Had you worked before that? Had you ever worked like in family businesses or like, you know, because when I was, when I was little, like my first job, I went out, my dad was a milkman for a bit and I went out and helped him on the milk round when I was like 13, 14 or whatever. And then like did a couple of other things before I started in a, in a paid job. Um, so I had some kind of previous work experience, but like to go straight into, the, you know, sort of shipping things and doing quite big trades. I mean, obviously I haven't seen the business, but from what you said, it sounds like, I mean, that that's quite a thing you know to, to, you know people make entire big businesses out of that kind of thing so to be running that at that age I mean did you have any support with it or is it all just intuitive for you no so so I've not done like any like work experience at all like mm-hmm. like family or anything it's just wasn't something that I was interested in mm. and um thankfully my family like back then they were like just focused on like your school and stuff mm-hmm. And because um, I'm actually going to be the first person in my extended family to finish university. Mm-hmm. So it's... Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, it's very much um, focused on your education. And then like when you're a bit older and you can handle having a job, you can get a job. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm getting pressure to like get a job and everything. So now it's like like, like that, but back then it wasn't. So I didn't have any experience. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like with my collecting little business thing it wasn't actually a business because I wasn't earning anything mm. when it came to like group orders because the group orders were just a way of um so selfishly it was a way for me to get things without having yeah, to pay yeah. like yeah. Uh, like loads of money for like customs fees because because mm. I remember the first time I bought something on my own mm. it ended up costing me 60 pounds when the actual thing only cost 20 pounds yeah so so I was like it's just better for me this way to like get things that I want. But with like reselling my stuff, mm. um, that's where I like made a little bit of money and stuff. Because mm. when I wanted to get things like, like, like if I wanted to get tickets to go somewhere or mm. books, 
when I would just take out my cards and I would just sell off the cards. Mm. It was just like a convenient way for me to like get things. And then like a few months later, I would just go out and buy the cards again. So it was like the cards were always there and it wasn't like they were very rare. So you could mm. just get them back easily. Just on COVID, because I normally ask sort of how it's changed people's work and their ways of working. Because for most people, it's kind of like, well, for most people that I've interviewed, and obviously I'm I'm online, so most of the people that I get are, are online-ish people. And it's mostly like, oh, I was working remotely and, you know, that wasn't really seen as feasible before. I mean, obviously it's hard for you to, to sort of tell, but do you, what do you think COVID changed for you in terms of, of work or your thinking about work? Has, has, it, has it impacted, do you think? My experience with COVID has not been through work. It's been through like, university and things like mm. that and I definitely thought that I preferred um like learning um in person mm. but um I guess like what you said before like like it's just like opened a whole new world I guess mm. and with a lot of jobs um especially some that I want to get into like with marketing and stuff like at my current workplace some people are still working from home mm -hmm. and they are doing like marketing and they are doing things that you wouldn't think that they, they'd be able to do like from home mm -hmm. so it has been interesting I guess to just see that mm -hmm. and just know that it is like like it is possible for me to do if I wanted to mm -hmm. um, but I'm definitely someone who prefers like a, like a more busy environment mm -hmm. like I want to work like at a big company where it's a lot of people and a lot of things going on because I just feel like I work better in those type of environments mm -hmm. like, yes I do wish I could get paid for like blinking or something like that. Mm. But it's just not like fun for me to do, I guess. Like I do want to like be engaged like a bit more and I want to be around people. Mm. Because I've spent like so long just at home with my family like all the time. Mm. Like, like, like I do want to like get that experience of being more social. Mm -hmm. It is definitely like an option. Mm -hmm. But for me, I definitely prefer how things were like pre-COVID. Mm. Or, or like now, I guess, for most people. In your mind, your your plan, like, are you thinking of going down to London? Because that would be sort of even a few years ago, that would kind of be the obvious thing of like, well, that's where most of the media jobs are. But obviously with like Channel 4 coming to Leeds, there's the media city in uh, Manchester. There is more sort of jobs, I suppose, up here. Um, like, is that a consideration? Or are you just like, I want to stay at home. I want to be, you, you know. Around family, I want to be based here. I don't want to be traveling backwards and forwards. Or are you kind of like eager to get into the big city and meet loads of people there? Like, what's you thinking? So at first, I definitely was like, um, like I want to go to uni, like down south, and I want mm. to get a job down south. But like in terms of like uni, when I actually visited the uni that I was going to go to, um, and like actually saw it, and I was like, okay, this is like I went to college right opposite my uni, mm -hmm. and so even though like the location was the same, it just felt like a whole new like a whole new place to me. It, mm -hmm. it felt like you don't even know Leeds because you're like stuck in your own part. Mm -hmm. And once you go to a different part, it just feels like a whole new world, mm -hmm. I guess. And it was like, oh my God, there's like this whole thing going on. And I didn't even know about it. And mm -hmm. I think like growing up in Leeds, you feel like it's like small. But mm. when you actually go out and you actually see that people are coming here mm. rather than like us going out and you feel like, oh, Leeds is actually 
it's something like it, it's getting there. Mm. And especially with like Channel 4 and like the media city and everything like that. Like I definitely feel like it's the place to be, I mm. guess. Because mm. I went to a masterclass a couple of weeks back just talking about how um, there are like more media jobs and stuff mm. in the north and you, do, you don't need to go to the south. Mm. Like be in media. Mm. So I think that's definitely something that is calling to me, I guess. Like I'm very like proud to be like from the north mm. and I definitely do want to stay here. And I'm very much like into like culture. So like my own culture and also like my culture as like someone who's from the north. Mm-hmm. And I guess I want to like stay here. Like not necessarily like in Leeds, but maybe like around Leeds, like mm. Manchester, Sheffield, like that that sort of thing. Because mm. there is like a lot going on. And yeah. How do you feel about a commute? Have you done a sort of commute yet? So in terms of commute, oh, it's one thing that I am like dreading if I do end up on a job like a little mm. bit further away. And I feel like um, it, it's not worth it for me to move out and spend all that extra money mm. like um, like renting a place because mm. at home I, I don't like, like, yes. I feel like the maximum of like 150 a month. Like, yeah. So part with like bills and stuff. But beyond that, I'm not really like paying anything. Mm. So it's not worth it like me, me moving out. And I have experienced the commute to like Manchester because I did like mm. work experience a few years back. And I'm assuming now it's going to be even worse with like like train strikes and things like that. But I think it's worth it for me to stay in the north. Because I know like in the south, like the commute's awful as well. So mm. it's Definitely the same everywhere, I think. But in terms of commuting, I'm happy to commute. And I think like, like, yeah, it is like, it might be a little like a waste of time for some people, I guess. But Mm. um, I think it's worth it depending Mm. on like your situation. So, yeah, so we'll do Brexit. Uh, Again, this might be a short answer, but we might diverge into various different things. The question again is normally like, how has Brexit changed your work? Uh, for some people because it happened during you know sort of in the midst of covid for some people it's like i can't tell any difference for some people it's like yeah there's been these things i i don't necessarily know how you you want to approach this or think about it but yeah has has brexit sort of changed your work at all in any ways that you can tell truthfully um i have zero idea because Mm. um from like my experience it's not affected me like directly mm. especially with like work and stuff it's not affected me at all I, yeah so there's not much that I can say to that because it's mm. genuinely like not affected me and if it has affected me I'm not sure like how it has affected me but um yeah so, so, so I can't give like much of an answer to that you didn't have any plans to be like a political reporter in Paris for five years or anything <laughs> well, well like my plan has always been to like stay in the UK yeah. Um, because I do actually enjoy it here. Okay, we'll do climate change. In your work, what can you do to mitigate or raise awareness around climate change? And are there any ways that you think it's kind of affecting your work that you've noticed? So in terms of affecting my work, I've not noticed anything. Mm. But um, it's funny that you do mention that because last week during my show, I was on a rant about how you need to save the planet. But um, it is something that I do bring up, especially on like my radio show, like quite a lot because mm-hmm. like the target 
the audience of that show, they're not like, it's a South Asian show. Mm-hmm. So it's very much um, targeted towards the South Asian community and being in the South Asian community. I know that a lot of people, they could not like give a care about climate change. Mm. And like, I am like using my show to like try and get more people aware, get them to be like more sustainable, things like that. So in my internship, um, the company I work for is a very, um, a green company, I guess I would say. They're very like yeah. sustainable and um, they they have like a plan to be um, carbon net zero or something like that. It's, yeah. it's something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they do like terracycling and things like that. And it's just, um, it, they take it very like seriously with the whole like mm. recycling and being sustainable where they can. Mm. And I think that's very like, very different for me to be in like that kind of environment because mm. the community that I'm from, they'll put things in the green bin, but they won't do anything like beyond that. Mm. Like, so like experiencing that is like new for me, I guess. And mm. it is like in- encouraging me to be like more, like be more aware of like how much like waste I'm producing and mm. just things like that, I guess. How has this year kind of impacted that? Uh, I mean, because you said your family from Pakistan, yeah, you're from Pakistan heritage wise. Like, I mean, there's a third of the country underwater now. That's that's pretty significant. Yeah. I mean, has that has that impacted you at all? Like, so in terms of like myself and like my, my family, maybe the area that my family live in weren't affected mm-hmm. by the floods, as far as I know. Like, my family was in Pakistan in the holidays and. Mm-hmm. They were okay, I guess, but it is like, it has been like very, very shocking. It did make us all quite upset because it's just like, mm. it like so many lives lost, so many animals, so many like, just so much culture lost, I guess, because of the floods. Mm. And it does like give you that shock, I guess. And I have, that's like, like the reason that I've been like trying to bring more awareness to it because a lot of people don't realize. And like, you, like there, there are some people who say like, Oh, it's all these like big corporations who are like making most of like the emissions and they're the ones who are causing this and what we do, like a paper straw isn't going to do anything. And like, while it's like, you can like get that sentiment, but in some cases, a paper straw might be what tips the scale, I guess, for some things. Mm. Well, I have been like trying to bring more awareness to it, but it's like a brick wall sometimes. Yeah, exactly. You can't do it all by yourself. I mean, um, you know, it's until until the media really starts to take it seriously, nobody will take it seriously. Um, and it's the media that's delayed action for 30 years, you know, as much as the oil companies are terrible. Uh, so universal basic income, have you come across this before? Are you aware of universal basic income? Um, so b- before you sent me those questions, I had absolutely no idea. And I did do a quick Google search. So I kind of know like what, like what's going on, but not an awful lot. I mean, it's it's a way that the question's a way of promoting the idea of universal mm-hmm. basic income, uh, because I think we need to do something. Um, and another way of asking the question, like if money was no object, what what would you do with your life? Um, but yeah, so if there was a universal basic income, if you were getting paid enough that you could pay your rent, so. Not not your current rent, but living independently, pay your rent, pay your bills, get by, but not loads of money. 
say that you you know you, you're not going to buy a lamborghini or anything um but you can still work you can still earn money um so if your you, your sort of basic needs were met in that way do you think you would still work do you think you would still work kind of full time or all the hours that you would have to work you know starting in journalism to kind of work your way up and prove that you were serious um and yeah how do you think it would change the way that you work and your attitude to work basically so in terms of like how much i would work i'm very much for the whole four day working week type of thing um so i think that's like a nice balance Mm. and like with like journalism it's a lot of work especially like when you start because they expect you to like be there all the time like i got told if the company that you're working for is doing a morning show go to the morning show morning show start at 5 a.m and that's just not for me but they'd expect you to like go there just like show like you're you're actually interested Mm. and whilst i am interested i'm not that interested like Mm. i'd be willing to like sacrifice my sleep for five days a week to go and watch the morning show being made Mm. um but if like my basic needs were were met I think that I would still definitely like have a go have a go at being a journalist Mm -hmm. because it has been like my dream for so long and truthfully because I have like experience like working in like that sort of environment like through Mm -hmm. uni Mm -hmm. because we have like um, days where we like create like a mock newsroom and Mm -hmm. we do like a nine to not a nine to five it's a nine to three but like you know it's it's still around the same but um, I do have so I have like really enjoyed like working like in that kind of envir- environment mm-hmm. and it's definitely like something that I do want to do like mm. regardless of whether like my needs are met or they're not met mm. but um, I think the idea is really really nice mm. and it would make life a lot easier for a lot of people because there are a lot of people like stuck working in jobs that they don't really have a choice to work mm. and yeah so it's like a nice idea because I know like a lot of people who are working jobs that they don't necessarily want to be working, mm. but um, they've got maths to feed, rent rent to be paid. So it's like, yeah. Mm. If you could change any three things about your work, any of the work that you you've been doing, um, what would they be? And like, so what what would you change about how you work and what you expect from work? I guess. Um. So like how I mentioned before, like I really want to work in like more of a bustling environment. Mm. I want people around me. I want to have lunchtime gossip, mm. and and I want that kind of environment. But that's only because I'm not experienced that kind of environment. So maybe like if I do go into that environment, like my views might change. I might prefer like more of a mellow thing. But um, I definitely want to like experience both things before deciding what I actually want. And mm-hmm. um, which is like the main reason that that I want to go into like a big, a big company mm-hmm. because I might find that um working in a small place was better for me and better for me as a person because sometimes I am, I am quite like quite what's the word um just like keeping to myself I guess um, introverted yeah yeah sorry <laughs> um but yeah um I think that's one thing that I would change mm. I don't really know what else that would change no that's fine I, I mean it's uh I, I was thinking before as well when you were talking because quite often now we'll talk about sort of work-life balance and all the mental well-being kind of stuff mm-hmm. but I think it's hard you know like when you're young you start in in work 
like it's hard to sort of but it's hard to even uh, reflecting on my own experience it's like most of the time the thing that i'm most concerned about when i was in work when i was younger was getting out of work <laughs> so i could go see my friends and hang out and do do various stuff and you know the, the work was there to give me the money for it you know it's only in the last few years that i've thought about you know how i like to work what what kind of work i want to be doing and have some idea not just like i want to work like this but based on actual how i've worked and my experience and what i do and don't like in practice i think that's really hard to kind of have an idea of initially because you just say well yeah a lot of it's expectations i think i think there's like there's a way you're imagining what to be and to a certain degree i think you're in this space where you're kind of like waiting for that to materialize but i think you know expectation reality they, they hardly meet straight on do they <laughs> yeah. it's like like a bit re weird for me because my friends have been working since they were 17 18 and i've just got my first job i guess like first paying job mm. after i've turned 20 21 mm. and it is like very different because i do like relate to what you said about how um when i was unfortunately jobless and unemployed my friends were all working and i could never like get the time to see them mm. and um because like on top of like working they're also at uni they're doing night shifts they're doing mm. all sorts and it's like where do you find the time mm. so i think that's definitely one thing that i agree with because we'll find so my main friend group is like, we're like three, three, three people. And when two people are free, the other one's doing a night shift. Yeah. And it's just like, where do you find time? But I think that's, I think that's definitely something that I might be able to answer in about 10 years time when I have, when I've got a bit more experience about like mm. what I've, what I like and don't like, I guess. Mm. I mean, I know this is like, this is really early in your, your career sort of thing. So, you know, I don't want to obviously get you to say anything that you're going to kind of hinder yourself with, but <laughs> just starting in work. I mean, what are the kind of, what are the things that you're finding that you're liking and the things that you're not liking? I think, because I know I used to ask people like the change question was a way of trying to ask people what they didn't like about their job without saying, what do you not like about job? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I mean, what do you, yeah, so your sort of first impressions on work, just so that I can get an idea of kind of how you're finding it and what, what are the things that you're liking and what are the things that, because some things that you might not like, it's like, oh, I have to turn up at nine and it's just arbitrary, like, you know. So, so yes, what, what's your take? Yeah, so um, the nine thing is definitely one of them because I'm not a morning <laughs> person at all. Like, I'm, like, when I'm doing, like, my own, like, assignments and stuff, I'm very much a let's start at midnight and then go until six o'clock in the morning. I'm that kind of person. So um, it's been a change, like waking up at seven o'clock to eat and get get dressed, commute to work. Mm. Um, it's different for me because even I don't have classes that start at nine o'clock. I've not woken up at nine o'clock since. It's, it's, it's been a while, so it's different. Do you wake up in work or before you get to work? Like, do you have Definitely. to get into work and then it's like, and then you wake up or? Definitely before I get to work because yeah. um, just because I spend so much time like getting ready to like leave the house. <laughs> so it's like, like obviously going to be like awake by then because I can't like leave the house without eating breakfast. Like 
especially when, when I'm going for like a long day out, I need mm. to eat. So like, mm. that's my time to wake up, I guess. Mm. But I guess I'd say like one thing that I don't necessarily like and I would like to be changed is, so, th- so I, th- I feel like this is very specific to the company that I'm currently working at. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have like team lunch on Wednesdays every week. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very, very, very picky. Uh, like I do not eat like 99% of what other people are able to eat. I am so picky. It is unbelievable. Mm. And um, I absolutely hate team lunches because I just feel like... So last week, I had to like force myself to eat a little bit. So I was like, I don't want to be rude. Mm. But then this week, so, so I was at work yesterday and I just didn't eat. And I, and I was like, like I can't eat it. Like, nothing that I can do about it. And it's like... It, I put something in my plate and I put like a spoonful of food. I feel like that's rude as well. So it's like, what's the balance of what, what can I actually do? But, um, but I am grateful because, um, my, my colleagues at work are really understanding and they don't like force me to do anything. So, but it just feels like, like you feel a bit left out, I guess. So it's like, okay. I mean, can't, can't you pick like a beverage and maybe a toasty or something? <laughs> like, go for something bland and safe just have it's, like, it's like um it's like someone in the team does the cooking oh right okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. then so, that's really difficult to be yeah. like oh i don't want it yeah yeah because it, it feels like i'm like attacking them for their cooking yeah. it's like i'm sorry yeah. it's like it's genuinely it's just me <laughs> um, but the week that i was supposed to the week that i was supposed to cook they thought i wasn't here so they took me off the rotor. And when I came in that day, they were like, what? And I was like, I was like because I was excited to actually eat something that I could eat. I made it myself. And I, and I will be like, picky with it. But then it turns out I'm off the rotor. So I was like, okay. <laughs> but, um, so it has been like difficult because it feels rude if you like go off and eat your own food. Mm. And what I just had was like a breakfast bar. Mm. And and I felt weird just eating it at the table whilst all having um a couscous and curry and I'm just there like with my little brunch bar and packet of crisps and it's just like they don't say anything but I still feel like you know mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, I've done most of my questions oh yeah we don't we haven't done the good bits I mean I suppose you mentioned some good bits as we've 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 gone through but yeah like what what surprised you about work what have you found or have you found anything that yet that like oh this is something that i enjoy that nobody told me about has there been anything like that yet i suppose the radio experience was a big one there yeah Um, yeah so in terms of like the radio i guess one thing i enjoy is like being able to do whatever i want Mm -hmm. and you know the only restrictions for the show is like don't be don't be sexist don't be racist don't be homophobic and that's just like that's just like your basic principles as a human so it's like beyond that on there's also like don't be like too political, I guess. Yeah, don't but, don't um, swear on the on yeah. the regulated airways. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> swear like as much as you want on this. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's like um, it's it's really cool to just like do whatever I want and just like just do it, I guess. And mm. um, like to, like first when I started, I was like like because because it's, it's a two hour show, I was like, can I actually like talk for like two hours straight? And first, it was like difficult for me to like find things to talk about. But now that I'm like into the groove of it, I'm just like, 
like getting used to it. Because when I when I first started, um, what I would do is I'd spend like an hour the day before mm. finding every single song, finding out when the song started, when it ended, and writing down a list of topics I wanted to talk about. But now I've I've stopped that. But uh, like I would like plan super like meticulously and. Mm. When I look back, I was like, girl, you're just wasting your time. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then I guess in terms of like my internship, one thing I enjoy is like, like learning, like how they just like trust me to like get on and do things mm. like, because it's not like something that I'm, that I'm used to, I guess. Mm. It's like with uni and stuff, you have, you have like quite regular check-ins and. And it's very much feedback based. It's like yeah. there always has to be a level of criti- critique. At yeah. least where they're like, oh, that was really good. This was strong. That was poor. You need to change this. You need to do that. Whereas yeah. with work, it's more like, yeah, you did it. Well done. You know, next thing. Yeah. I'm like, um, e- e- like, I actually feel like it's really weird. Um, So yesterday I asked for like a meeting and I said, can you give me feedback on this? Because I was like, because I feel like, you know, um, she goes that it was good. But I was like, you know, like, what if there's like, something that can be changed and it's like oh like do you actually trust me to do this yeah because uh, i don't really have like an awful lot of experience with it i guess and i just find it so weird that they just like trust me to like do it and like do it in like, a good way i guess but um i guess that's like a nice feeling like just knowing that they like trust you to like get on and do with it mm. uh, yeah that's good that i mean you won't find that everywhere yeah because um, i cause i think that um the company that i'm with they're very like um like mellow and chill, I guess. Um yeah. and I do enjoy that. But I feel like, you know, like if I eventually like, if I eventually go to like a bigger company, that won't be there anymore. That won't be there anymore. You think you're ready for the stress yeah. and the high pressure and Yeah. Like like where where I'm working now, you could show up in like joggers and they don't really like care. Um but I feel like, you know, that won't fly with like some some companies. Mm. So that's like I think it's one thing that I might miss about working there, but yeah. In your head, in your head canon of my career, like what 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 happens? Like, are you winning the Pulitzer, and or are you just like local champion, or how do you how do you imagine in it? This is like such a weird question. I know it's a silly yeah. silly thing, okay, but well, when people like they ask me like, who's like your journalism role model? Mm. Like, I don't have one, mm. and I didn't choose journalism because of someone it's like I think what I love is the idea of like journalism like going out and like finding stories getting the bad guys like that kind of thing Mm. and um I guess like now my focus is like finding stories about the community I'm very much into like human interest stories Mm. Mm. and um like you know like focusing on like the UK as like a multicultural space mm-hmm. and just like looking into that I guess because I feel like when you actually look at it there's so many like untold stories and mm. I just want to go out and find them like you know how you have those um like people of New York and people of London that type of thing mm. and I really want to like put that into like journalism mm. but just getting different voices in there I guess but, yeah humanize the machine yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like the way that the media is right now, I, I don't like love it. No. And there's like so much changes to be made, but like no one's going to be, be making these changes. 
Mm. And you know that it's going to be like stuck in like a mm. cycle for a long time. Mm. But um, hopefully being one of the people that pushes some changes into the media again. Yeah. Mm. So I'm going to pass it over to you to kind of talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. So if you want to promote anything or like even even pitch, like because you're going to be finishing your course soon if you want to. <laughs> in case some random media company is listening. Hire me, I'm amazing. Um, yeah, so pass it over to you. Is there anything you want to chat about, anything we've not covered? Um, yeah, so maybe I'll chat a bit about my dissertation project with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, with journalism, we have the option. Well, not the option. You have to like do either a documentary. So you have to do either a TV documentary or a radio documentary. Mm-hmm. And I've gone with TV documentary. Mm-hmm. And... So I've just got my deadline today about my proposal and things like that. Setting it off last night, so let's hope that goes well. But um, what I'm hopefully planning to do is a documentary about um, the clash between cultures, so like South Asian and British culture, mm-hmm. and then like exploring the the other side of forced marriage because you know, like um, like have have you ever heard about like the whole um, I think like the rhetoric, I guess, of how if you're South Asian, you're probably going to get into like forced marriage. Mm. Have have you ever come across that? Well, are we are we making a distinction here between arranged marriage and forced marriage, or are we is, are we bunching it all together? So if you like 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 a separation, because I know like uh, some people that I've spoken to, they think that it's like one and the same thing and they're mm. like oh what's the difference mm. but there is like a difference but people don't really know that and they just like bunch it all together mm-hmm. but um i'm basically creating a documentary about how young south asian british girls they um they actively seek out marriage as a way to achieve freedom from like their restricted households i guess because mm. like one thing that if you're South Asian and you live in Britain and you're a young woman, one thing that you'll definitely hear is like, oh, uh, if you want to travel or if you want to go here or if you want to do this, if you want to dye your hair, wait until after you're married because mm. like, we don't want you to, to do that under our roof. So once we pass you off to your husband, you can do whatever you want. It's like that kind of thing. And like I've heard it before and it's like, okay, because I've got, a family member, he's my cousin, he's three weeks older than me. Mm-hmm. He has gone traveling alone mm-hmm. or like across the world. He's moved out of his family home. He's done all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But I was told like you can't even apply to university that's not in Leeds. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what? And it's just like talking about how do you follow your culture as someone who's British or do you follow your culture as someone who's South Asian and mm. is looking for marriage a way to like combine them both so you get your culture and you get your freedom I guess mm-hmm. but um, it's still obviously very much in the early stages but hopefully I'm going to start filming in December mm-hmm. but yeah so I'm currently looking for people to like interview mm-hmm. for that and I've got two people down and then I've just got one more person to look for but I'm I'm constantly like talking about it on the radio and people are just like, 
I don't care. And it's like, oh my God, please, keep care. <laughs> it's like, it's just like a weird topic. And you know, like when you first hear about it, you're like, that doesn't really make sense. But then it makes sense in my head, but I just don't know like how to like put it on the page and put it on the screen. Mm. So I am working on that. But yeah. It's kind of one of those, it sounds like one of those choice of no choice kind of things. Yeah. Like here's your option of no options. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much like that. And it's like, like how, how do you actually like achieve freedom? Because there are like young girls who get married thinking that they're going to achieve the freedom to like go and do whatever you want. But then you've got your mother-in-law in front of you and it's like, like what, like what kind of freedom mm. you actually get? Do you actually just get like stuck into an endless cycle? But yeah. first of all, your, your, your mom like just badgering you and now you've got your mother-in-law badgering you. So is it just like a cycle? Mm. but it's very it's a very like weird thing and it's very much like stuck in the South Asian community and it's just like to raise a little bit of awareness again mm. yeah and with that I guess there's a lot of you know it's a matter of it, it's for the individual it sounds like it's a matter of choice of like how many battles do I want to fight you know yeah. I do I you know do I want to fight everyone including my family like my nearest and dearest it's sort of you know sometimes it's easier just to say yes isn't it yeah along with it yeah but yeah that I mean that'd be so in terms of the shoot will you be will you be doing the camera work and doing all the shoot or are you getting people in for yeah or... self-produced 100% unfortunately yeah so um I am probably gonna get a little help with like um going to like see people mm-hmm. like if into you interviews and stuff just because it's not safe sometimes to go on your own depending on like mm-hmm. where you're going mm-hmm. um so obviously like not fully alone but so we've got like um like a group of people i guess and just help, helping each other out with cameras and stuff mm. sometimes it's hard because it's like what if the camera turns off and i'm not even like looking at the camera and then i go home and i see that the interview's not recorded because it has happened before yeah and um you're just like there's nothing you can do about it do about it now because because no. i because I've had like a time where um, I've gone to interview someone, forgot to press record, um, come back to university and I realised that it's not recorded and it was supposed to go on air in about 45 minutes. So it was like, it's about <laughs> minutes ago. Um, I think t- taking someone with you definitely helps with that. But um, <laughs> yeah, the editing and everything, it's all on me. But those sort of things as well, you know, you only... You know, you make those mistakes once or twice and then yeah. you do. And, and and to some degree, it's good to do that early on. I mean, the first one, the first one of these, well, it wasn't the first one, but the first episode um, mm. when I was recording that interview, I did exactly the same thing. I turned I turned the guest mic on and then hadn't turned my mic on. I don't know how many that. But fortunately, I was loud enough that I was picked up on the other mic. But yeah, you, you uh, these things, they have to happen, you know. <laughs> It definitely has happened to everyone at some point, but it's just like making sure that it's it the worst feeling. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, it is. But hopefully, nothing like that happens because I've got like quite a lot of time to like do it. Mm. So just making sure everything's planned correctly. I mean, what's your thinking on unions? Are you aware of uh, the NUJ, for example? Like, has anyone talked to you? Is this something that's come across your radar at all? Um, so in terms of like unions, um, obviously I'm not in any right now, mm. 
But um, I do plan to join um, um, one for journalism. Mm. I don't know if it's like for journalism students or just like journalism in general. Mm. But um, I have been meaning to join that. Mm. I've not like come across like a lot of um, union activities, I guess. But I guess with, with like, you know, like, like strikes and stuff, I guess I have come across it in that way. Like I did story and like the university strikes a couple mm. of months back, I think. So I am like definitely aware and I do think that everyone should join a union because it's mm. like, that's the only protection you have um, most of the time. But um, yeah, I guess. But I was not aware that there was a national union. Nas- national union of journalism, uh, journalists, uh, NUJ, yeah. But yeah, I just wondered, I want to kind of bring that in because my background is with unions. Uh, so yeah, I'm, and I do think it's an important part of work that's kind of not there. And like yeah. you say, you know, you don't really have many protections unless you've been paid enough and you can afford yeah. legal protection. Oh, do we want to do any socials or anything? Do you want to, do you want to flag up anything? Like the yeah. show, Should let us know about the show. Give us the details. Oh, and yeah. And stuff. Yeah, sure. So um, my show is every Saturday from 2 to 4 mm-hmm. on 107.3 FM. For What's now, it called? It's called, like my actual show is called Midi House Punjabi Mega Mix. But I am working the name because it was a very last minute name mm. that was not decided by me, unfortunately. So I am slowly trying to get that changed. But yeah, so... It's called it Midi Has Mega Mix for now. Do you have uh, socials for that? Where can people sort of find you, follow you? If yeah, so um, I think um, my only social is my Twitter that I use more often. Yeah. Uh, but my Twitter handle is MidiHaS24, which is M A D I H O H S 24. So I'm going to thank you on the recording. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you very much for interviewing me. Thank you again to Mediha for being my guest. Thanks again to all my guests and thanks to you, Leeds, for being my subject. And of course, most of all, thank you to you, my dear listener. Remember, Leeds, whatever you do, I'd love to hear about it from you. Keeps your eyeballs peeled and your earballs open for the next episode. It will be soon again. That's four in one week. You owe me a tenner. You can follow the show on Twitter at Working Hours 3 and on Instagram at Working Hours Pod Leads. Use the hashtag Working Hours Pod Leads to stay up to date on when new episodes are being released. DM me with your questions. Or most importantly, to get in touch if you would like to be my guest on this show. Please do chuck in anything you can to help the show grow. Go to ko-fi.com forward slash working hours and join me there for a pound a month. Or you can make a one-off donation of whatever amount. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod to support working hours. Again, from as little as a pound a month. Why not be super awesome and join both? Do something new and something different. Remember to like, share, follow and subscribe to working hours. That's me. Cheers, ears. Take care out there and be kind to each other, Leeds. Working Hours is produced, recorded, edited and published by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org. Please like Western Studios Leeds on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash western underscore studios underscore leads and on linkedin linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash western hyphen studios leads are you considering taking the plunge into podcasts or audio content 
then thank Western Studios for support, advice and guidance on getting it made. At Western Studios you work with a real-life learner who is actually in Leeds. Not a piece of software, not a course of articles or a series of live chats and video courses, but me, a person in physical place-based reality. If you want to work with me to make your podcast or any digital audio content in Leeds, whether it's for your own cause, your publicity campaigns, to promote your products, increase your sales, or just to create your own passion projects, then get in touch with me, Western Studios, now. Don't wade through vapid articles and videos and podcasts about how to make podcasts by disembodied virtual people on the web. Get on with making your podcast now, and then when it gets hard and expensive and it all goes wrong, which it will, then call Western Studios to make your podcast with you or even for you. Western Studios will take on your podcast boring, time-consuming and painful admin, recording, editing, transcription, whatever. Tell me about your podcasting pain points and I can make it all better for you. I feel your pain. For a charge, I will share it. Remember, podcast work is work. Leeds businesses, Leeds campaigns, Leeds brands. Got an inkling that you'd like a podcast but don't know where to start? Contact Western Studios at makemypodcast at western-studios.com and we'll start making your podcast straight away. The first hour of arranged consultation and pre-production time is free. £25 an hour after that for editing, recording, production. I can also arrange hefty discounts for the right projects. So tell me your idea and your budget and I'll tell you what I can do for you. What do you have to lose? Time, that's what. Time is running out. The best time to make a podcast was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. Writers in Yorkshire, what are you doing with your lives? Hopefully you're writing. Well, I know there are listeners out there who want to hear great original writing performed as audio content that is about and for and has been made in Leeds. How do I know this? Because I'm one of them loiners what wants it. Help me make your old screenplays, unpublished novels, unperformed plays, stories, poems and performances, whatever you got baby, and make it as podcast content. Is your work arty, salacious, pulpy, strange? Good. Is it unfinished? Good. I can help you with that too. I can work with you to find actors, musicians and voiceover artists and quickly realise your projects. I get practice making the shows and you get a finished, performed and published version of your writing. Save yourself the hassle and the headache of making your podcasts on your own by working with me instead.